We started the business and became quote unquote successful over time because we just did stuff. We constantly did stuff and we did it and we did it and we did it long enough to start to bring on other people to help us do it and do it, do it. And so there's a different skill set, it seems, from like this like sort of starter phase to this professionalization phase. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world. You're now one simple tip, practical tool, and small step away from growing your business. One Next Step is brought to you by Belay, the incredible 100% remote organization revolutionizing productivity with virtual assistants, bookkeepers, and social media managers. Accomplish more, juggle less. Modern staffing from Belay. And now to your hosts. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Ryan, and today I'm so excited about the interview. Uh, my very own co-host, Lisa Zeveld, LZ, will be talking to Bruce Ackerman. And Bruce is going to be an incredible guest because Bruce is the founder of Printavo. He's also the host of the Print Hustlers podcast and just happens to be a Belay client. You're going to love what he has to say. Not only does he have his own podcast where he's helping other people in the print industry figure out how to go further faster, he is delegated in his own business and figured out how to grow it with the help of a virtual assistant. I think this conversation about delegation and how to engage in scaling and growing your business can be helpful for any business or organization leader, no matter where they're at. So I think you're going to love this conversation. I think it's going to be awesome. And uh, let's not wait any longer. Let's jump into it. Hey, Bruce, it is so great to have you here on our podcast. I've been looking forward to this, reading up all about you and your business. But first, before we get to all the good stuff, I always like to kind of open things up with a little bit of like an icebreaker. So do you mind playing along with me here and and answering a fun little question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So what was the first job that you've ever had? Uh, I was pushing shopping carts at Jewel Osco. So uh, if they have those or Vons or whatever is a grocery store, but yeah, we, oh. um, I was trying to get to the cashier status in summer. Cause that was like, the, <laughs> that was the premier, you know, level, but no, I never got there. It's just summer job. You never got to cashier? Oh, man. I know, right? Although they had to do a lot of, you know, it's surprising. I'm sure you, when you go to the grocery store, they, you see them typing all this stuff super quick. Like they have to remember all the codes to, all right, bananas is, uh, apples that uh, like organic, you know, asparagus or whatever is this. Yeah. But no, it was just bagging. And uh, then, you know, you rotate from bagging to go and push carts in the parking lot. <laughs> That's awesome. Of course, I'm um, I'm old enough to remember that um, before the cashiers had the barcodes. And so that was back, you know, like when everything actually had a price tag. Crazy to think about that. Yeah. Um, I was just at an antique store and showed my kids that. I'm like, look, it has a real price tag. It would say like, this is $3.99. So I remember my friends working in, in the grocery store and actually having to key in the price of every item. Like that's such a, a lost art now. Lost yeah. art. I'm curious, what was your first job? Oh, um, mine is a really long story, but um, I ended up working as a receptionist for a nail salon. Okay. When, uh, yeah, I was really young, but again, long story, but yeah, and I'll never forget the name of it because I had to answer the phone. It was Lucille's Chic Nail Boutique. Mm. 
And uh, that's a, that's I would answer a, that. A few words to say for sure on the phone. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was super, super fun. I've always loved serving people. And so that was just a really fun little fit for me over the summer. Same, same as you over the summer. Yeah. I, uh, I had the opportunity to serve them in that role, which was super fun. And the crazy thing is I didn't get paid for it. Uh, which again is part of the long story. Um, my first paid job was working at an ice cream shop. Mm, okay. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah, cool. So very fun. Yeah. Well, now let's get to the nitty gritty stuff. I know everybody is listening is dying to know about your business and what you do. So can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to start Printavo um, and what exactly the business does? Yeah, Printavo's it's basically project management software, but for the apparel decoration industry. So, you know, oh. I'm sure Belay orders swag, any company has swag or employee yes. uniforms or it's embroidered or printed on the shirt. All of that stuff is made at these uh, specialty printing companies. And they could be really big, you know, and print for uh, Milwaukee Bucks or Golden State Warriors or something. Or they could just be, yeah. you know, you're, you're printing your family reunion shirts or things like that or kids' uh, yeah. uh, jerseys. So I actually, in, in college... I bought some screen printing equipment with some friends and we were, we loved designing apparel and we were using a shop, but one of the retailers that were selling our stuff said, Hey, I've got this equipment in my garage. Do you want it? And oh. so we put some money together and then we bought it and uh, we put it in the back of his uh, retail shop actually and okay. uh, ended up hiring him to help us print and learning to print. And he showed us so much. And it's because it's kind of an art. There's so much that's involved to get, you know, customized clothing out the door. And then pretty quickly when we were growing that, we needed some sort of software to help deal with quotes and approvals mm. and billing, uh, you know, and scheduling. When are things due? You know, every small business, you, you need some sort of software to help keep track of all that stuff. So right. that's where I just started working on Printavo to be that solution to help us because there wasn't anything that I found out there that I liked that also was very easy to use and affordable. So mm. yeah, that kicked it off. That kicked off the like next 11 years or so. <laughs> Wow. Wow. A long way from picking up the carts uh, in the grocery store parking <laughs> <Yeah>. lot. <laughs> 100%. 100%. I, I love that. Now, did you always have that sort of entrepreneurial spirit? Because I think that that speaks a lot that you were you and your friends are like, let's just give this a try. Like, that sounds like fun to do. You know, did, did you have other opportunities before that to like create a business? Or was this the first time? I more specifically am just curious, like I'm just, you know, if somebody is working on something that looks cool or, uh, you know, they were coding on something that I saw, you know, in the library or whatever, like I would just stop and ask like, what, hey, what are you working mm -hmm. on? I was doing a lot of freelance design work before. So I, the part that I skipped okay. was that like I, I was doing a ton of, I love UI design and web design. And so I was doing a lot of freelance work there. Okay. And then started to learn that the coding side on the back end, just with some books and just building things. So I would always be building 
little apps that would solve our needs. So we were selling clothes. Mm -hmm. So I needed an inventory solution and I didn't like using Excel or slash just didn't know how to use it. So um, (laughs) built something for that. And that helped us a little way. And then uh, we wanted to text our customers. So we built this little texting tool that we could put on our website, like a little niche. Wow. I think it was just more of just like, just being curious. And I think which I didn't realize until probably more now is just that with small businesses and every business owner that's probably listening knows is just, there's so many little niches out there and just finding or helping a friend move stuff or, or helping them work for a couple months. There's so many good ideas to build around. So yeah, yeah. that's how I found that one. Yeah. Natural curiosity. I love that. And, and this is really a, a good segue for us because, um, you know, here at Belay, we love working with businesses of all sizes and stages. And we're always curious to hear about some of the biggest challenges that business owners face. Um, specifically for you, what are some of the biggest barriers that you encountered while growing your business? You kind of mentioned a few like you didn't have the right software to, to text somebody. And so you just kind of created that, you know, but but what are some other things that maybe you didn't create on your own, but that you saw were like big challenges for you creating your businesses? And, and what did you learn from those challenges? Because like you said, the natural curiosity that comes from starting a business not only fuels new services or new products, but at the same time, you know, can just help you learn how to run a business better. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, all right, let me step back a little bit. So last year, the business was actually acquired by a few different partners, um, and we're still partnering with them. And so now they're, you know, we're hiring a CEO and professionalizing this business, and they, they've acquired a couple other companies as well. But we we grew from, you know, just starting the company in 2012 to about four and a half million or so in ARR, which is like recurring revenue. And through that journey, which was really great so far, but I think still also on the smaller end relative to it's a lot of different businesses, just to help give context here is that I I would say the first for a software business, zero to 1 million is so difficult to get traction and to figure out what the product means. And like, think about it. Like if you're just charging a hundred dollars, how many customers do you need, you know, to get to a million dollars, which is like $80,000 a month divided by a hundred dollars an account. Right. So it takes a lot of not just product, but like customer service and and like Mm -hmm. marketing and sales and all that stuff. So I think the first step that was difficult was just creating really good product market fit and just building that that product out. I think over time though, it was first hiring. So our first hire was our first hire was a salesperson. So my thought around hiring was, okay, I'm doing X things. And this kind of relates to Blay actually, which is kind of funny, but I'm doing X things yeah. on my day to day. Where can I offload something off my plate that somebody needs to focus or spend more time on? The first one was sales. So I created a lot of scripts. I created the foundation and then I hired someone. In my gut, though, that person was bad. They, I was like, eh, they're kind of <laughs> weird. Like, I, I don't know if this is going to be a good fit, but like maybe they'll be fine. Right. And yeah. they were so bad, in fact. And oh, no. They were, they were terrible. And I let them go maybe three weeks later. I felt bad. He he started to cry and I gave him the laptop to take. Oh, anyway, wow. 
learning experience of of like trying to standardize a hiring process so that you could measure yeah. who's good and who's not. So then what I learned was that, all right, if I have the same questions I'm asking everybody, then I understand the baseline. And that way I know when mm-hmm. somebody is above that baseline, they're good. And you have to talk to maybe 15 people and then you'll start to see those dots. But that was the first thing. And then I, I think the next thing then is just figuring out how to repeat that process. So there's a balance of mm-hmm. you're doing everything and then you're trying to figure out what are the roles that I can start to hire for so I can do more important things with my time. And there was a there's somebody said this, I can't remember, but it was like, how, how much do you think you're worth hourly? And mm-hmm. let's say it's $50 an hour, $100 an hour, whatever it is. Can you hire somebody that can do that task, but for way less? So 15 an hour, 10 an hour, 20 an hour, whatever. That is a really good mathematical way of then just driving forward that growth. And so I started using that. Okay, so support, next really good one. Standardize the hiring for support. So that was the first lesson. Second lesson, hire people under, you know, my hourly wage. Cool. Hired that person when I could afford it and then do that. Mm -hmm. And so I kept repeating that process until I had a really solid team of probably seven in different departments. The next problem, though, and our challenge was they say you can't manage more than like eight people, 10 people. I think as a business owner, you, you like force it with time. So you add more time (laughs) into your day and you just do more, but starting to bring on managers. Right. And, and I don't think I did still a great job of that until recently where we're really professionalizing the business. But Mm -hmm. I think what I, going back, it would have been every two contributors should have a manager or some sort of lead that I directly work with. And then they delegate down Um, and using that to continue to scale. That was the next challenge is finding those types of people as it's a different process and training them and type of person and honestly more expensive. Yeah. So I I don't know. I'm sure there's a million other things, but I think those are like the three big ones. And then also just staying mentally healthy. I feel like I was able to run for probably like eight years off of doing that and just like, you know, waking up super early, staying up super late, like just being very passionate about it until I was starting to hit a wall of, Mm. I just don't want to do this meeting. Like, I don't want to interview that person. I don't want to, like, it's just not what I'm into anymore. I just can't spend the time doing it. And so shifting to, okay, who can take this stuff on? Because there's always somebody else who's more passionate about doing the things that you don't want to do yeah. and figuring out so that you can keep running to the next stage. I love how you systematized everything. I think that's probably just how your brain works. You're very analytical, but I think that that's probably one of the hardest things for a lot of, but, but yet you started out creative. So in my mind, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out Bruce (laughs) and you have so many of these great talents that I think a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with because it wasn't that you just loved building software. And a lot of people just like, this is what I love doing. 
And then they get hung up on the hiring people or they get hung up on, I I don't know how to get out this burnout cycle. And I love that you really started to systematize everything. And so it became a problem that was easy to solve, like a math problem that you could say, if I have enough, that A plus B is always going to equal C. And it feels like that that might have given you some peace. And again, that, you know, professionalization of the business and really helped you kind of climb out of that sort of uh, burnout stage. But were there people that you leaned into that kind of gave you those, you know, nuggets of wisdom or their resources? I'm curious of, or was it just innate to you to do those things? Yeah, that's a good question. I gravitated towards the leaders. So we're in a space called SaaS, software as a service, which basically means you just charge monthly for your whatever you're selling. There's certain like, content-based leaders, you know, podcasts like this one, um, blogs, this one guy, Jason Lemkin, L-E-M-K-I-N, that's really good on Twitter. And he writes a ton of blogs Mm. and he has a conference. I listen to and would read constant absorb, like be at the gym, listening to podcasts, be driving, listening to something and like constantly applying things. And taking little tidbits, right? Because every business is so different, but oh, oh, okay, great. So you say support. So Zapier's, or I'm sorry, um, Zappos is a good one. Delivering happiness, right? So the whole premise was that like customer service is uh, like a feature of the business. And most people view it as a cost center, but it's actually an extension of your brand. And therefore it's, it's marketing. So treat customer service as marketing. Okay, cool. I'm going to take that. That's like our little thing here. And then to your point about the process thing, yeah, I think especially like first, you know, starting from zero in the first couple million dollars, like it paid real, it, it paid dividends to have everybody, any new process that came in, we documented, put it into a Google Drive and put it into the department as this is what you're, you know, this is your new hire stuff. This is mm-hmm. uh, how you deal with sales. Here's your demo script. Um, here's how commissions are paid. You know, all that. And so anybody can rely on, you know, looking at that stuff and it make new and made training easier um, and just try to create that repetitive cycle. Now, it's not perfect by any means. I mean, it's constantly changing, but it helps at least until you get to the manager stage. Yeah. And do you feel like that that helped you when you brought on new partners and and investors last year? I mean, do you feel like that was one of the things that kind of set you apart maybe from some other opportunities that they might have been looking at was the systemization and sort of the process by which you went about growing your business? I think so. I, I think that that process also we put that into our product too. So, so like we wanted to build a really great product, have a great team, have great process. And like what, what business owner wants to be ask, answering the same question like four times in a day? Like, where is this? How do I do yeah. this? How would I put this? Where do I enter this debt? You know? So I think the more investment made, like we call it just like pick up, like if you can make 1% improvement every little day and, and think about that, then think about that over the next year. I mean, it's really, really huge as to where you could to look back on and just making yeah. my life easier as much as I can. Yeah, I love that. 
Easier is is really, uh, you know, one of the things that we sell here at Belay. And you kind of teased it up a little bit at the beginning that you have a Belay virtual assistant. So I'd love to hear what is the biggest problem that you were hoping to solve with your virtual assistant? Yeah, for sure. So we started doing more trade shows. So we had more travel. And it wasn't just my travel. It was also the team's travel. So let's say we go to a trade show, there could be four or five people going, right? And then mm-hmm. they're not all coming from the same city. You know, there's, there's, so, so there's flights, there's hotels, there's car rental. And then we were doing four trade shows a year or so. Not only that at the same time, but we probably had 20 people maybe in the business. So not huge, but like enough where I'm so passionate about the business. I want to spend as much time as possible on the business and improving it and working on it. And so my thought was, how can I also make my personal life easier? Right? Mm -hmm. Like how how do I optimize just everything possible? Like, why am I, why am I spending time? It sounds maybe silly or over the top or whatever, but like, why am I spending time doing laundry or like cooking or, or things that I just don't enjoy doing or, uh, planning out a vacation, like this kind of stuff. Like I just want to go. So could mm-hmm. somebody help with that? And the other thing too is I I booked the wrong stuff like three, four times. I book I booked a hotel. <laughs> we get to we land oh, no. we land in Atlantic City, I want to say, and we're going to the hotel. We get on the shuttle to go to the rental car to pick up the rental car. And I get this call from the local area code. I'm like, hello? Like, hi, uh, you've got all your trade show boxes here, but I see your reservation is actually for one year from today. <gasps> and, oh, you know, it, no. it's, it's like that. It's, it's uh, flights that were booked <laughs> for the wrong days. You forget to book a rental car. I think these are just yeah. like glaring red flags. And, and sure. you know, at least for me, I was really against it, um, hiring somebody to help me do my job because you think like, what do you mean? I'll just spend more time. I'll just do it. Uh, I could just pick it up. I'll just uh, spend another hour. Like why would I, and what I think I didn't realize is how many little things over the course of even a day, let alone a week or month, that stuff just adds up. Like it's just like constant distractions of things. Yeah. I'll tell you one other quick story wrote. I was in the car, sitting in the passenger seat. They won't let me drive at the trade shows because, you know, just distractions <laughs> and everything. So I'm sitting in the room just working, and I'm looking at Amazon, and colleagues are like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you doing? You've been looking at these, like, Amazon mice for, like, 10 minutes. And I'm, like, trying to find, like, a good mouse that's like, oh, should it be cordless? Should it be wireless? And he's like, dude, you, you need somebody just to help you do the, like, why are you spending 15 minutes looking yes. for a mouse to send someone on Amazon? Then you got to get their address and type it. So anyway, that's kind of what kicked it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny though, because at the, you know, when we first started talking, you were talking about, you know, bringing on this salesperson, right. And that you had a really easy kind of math problem. And I think this is a problem. A lot of business leaders do. They're like, okay, well, if I make a hundred dollars an hour, you're, you know, your example, I could be doing other things and I could hire this person for less. And so they'll do that. But what I see time and time again is those positions seem to be easier for the founder, the entrepreneur, the business leader to let go of. But yet the ones that are like the little, you know, 
ordering the, the mouse or making the hotel. Like for some reason, it's hard for us to do the same math problem. Like mm-hmm. we can make sense of it when it's for a marketing person or sales or, or accounting and finance. But when it comes to having somebody help us do those small things, we just sort of stumble because to your point, we think, oh, we'll just add more time in our day. Here, here's the problem that I realized. The problem is, is that we started the business and became quote unquote successful over time because we just did stuff. We constantly did stuff and we did it and we did it and we did it long enough to start to bring on other people to help us do it and do it, do it. And so there's a different skill set, it seems, from like this like sort of starter phase to this professionalization phase where it's, okay, the team's doing it. Not not like I'm not, and, and that's hard. I still am guilty of it, but I think I'm better after a year or so. But it's hard to transition that mental of just jump in uh, and do it versus spend a little bit extra time, train them, give them the login to Amazon. You know, here's the stuff that we <laughs> normally buy. Here's the doc about it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now they're good to go. Yeah, yeah. And and your personal life as well. I mean, have you found, you know, doctor's appointments, you know, birthday gifts? I mean, have you also kind of jumped to that next level of saying, I also shouldn't be the one to do those things too? Yeah, you know, I relied, it's probably, it it was probably like 60% business related time stuff and 40% personal stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of those personal things were like, okay, so we have a dog. Can you book a grooming appointment or or like they need the shots from a vet? Can you find a time in the calendar that works and I can drive over, mm-hmm. you know, haircut appointment or can you just buy this stuff? Uh, the personal trips were kind of nice, too. So, hey, we want to take a weekend and go to, I don't know, San Diego. What's a good place to stay? You already have the login for all the points and different things. What are maybe three restaurants we should try? Um, booking reservations was a really big one. It's just like so much I I can keep focusing if I do that. And the other thing, too, is like using Siri. So it's going to like blow up all the the iPads and things here. But like, hey, Siri, you know, um, (laughs) text, you know, so-and-so to blah, 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 blah. And like super quick, right? Because I think you're like always thinking of stuff to do. And it just funnels out and it tells a person. and, And, you know, our assistant's been awesome to be able to handle that. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other personal things. Those are undervalued, by the way. Yes, yes. Oh, gosh. Um, I love how you just said that it helps you focus because you have the time and that you're using technology along with your assistant. Because um, I think there's a lot of people out there who think that they're not the same, you know, you're going to keep them separate, or maybe I can have one or the other. And the fact that you're using that technology, S-I-R-E, to help you (laughs) so my technology also doesn't go off Um, and to, um, you know, to really build that relationship and to delegate to your, you know, the real live virtual assistant, on the other hand, I think is, is brilliant and I think it's beautiful. And I think that that will speak to a lot of leaders out there who have struggled to maybe just use um, artificial intelligence to be that assistant in their life. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's an interesting thing, too, that I thought about, which is, you know, there's lawyers that are one person that have an assistant as a company. So why am I mentally struggling with, you know, there's a team of 20, 25, 
you know, so so clearly they know something. There's like a hack here that they know that we haven't quite adjusted to. And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, you you have, you know, you're a lawyer and you have an assistant. And, and that's just how you get started. That's fantastic. Well, before we wrap up, I would love if you could maybe give some final words of encouragement for all the entrepreneurs out there who are listening. You know, I'm thinking of um, you, you've, you're accomplished and successful. You've gotten to a stage that many entrepreneurs just hope to be at. So what would you say to that guy who's maybe, you know, a couple months into this journey or the gal who's six years in and thinking, you know, maybe I should look at uh, an investor or maybe it's just somebody who's struggling to delegate you know, their, their, their dog's grooming appointment and they're like, yeah. I need encouragement, you know, like what would you give them? What are some nuggets? One thing is just like emulate people that don't try to look for the hacks of like, you know, everybody's like, oh, what time do you wake up? What do you eat during the day? Like what, like who cares? You know, Warren Buffett eats McDonald's and Coke. Like that, does that, does that, (laughs) you know, matter? But like, I found that everybody's figuring it out. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody from a company doing a billion in revenue is figuring it out and going to talk to other companies, uh, leaders in that size but I think the things that differentiate folks are just forward progress, probably. Like, there's people that will just push forward for 10 years and keep iterating and learning and being curious and, like, okay, next one, iterating. Oh, I made a mistake. All right, cool. Like, you know, and just keep pushing. Oh, shoot, this product just doesn't work. No one wants to buy it. And being humble about that to be able to keep making the right decisions. Um, and then I think, especially in regards with ballet, like it's okay to not be able to do everything. In fact, it's, it becomes a skill to be able to do less. Like what, if you were to paint yourself in five years, do you want to be working 15 hours a day and, and six, seven days a week? Or yeah. do you want to, you know, make, I don't know, 500 K a year and like put in 15 hours a day. So, so like how, how do we start to work towards that goal and think about that versus just putting out fires for this week. So yeah, that's what I think about. There's no, there's no hit and there's only like little, uh, like breadcrumbs along the way. To keep <laughs> up. Sure. Sure. Well, I'm going to take that, uh, skill to do less. I, I really, really appreciate that. Well, um, how can yeah, our listeners sure. find you? You know, how, how can they get in touch with you or Printavo? Give us the details. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow us at Printavo on Instagram. I'm at uh, BC Ackerman um, on Instagram. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Web Bruce, W E B Bruce. I need to make those the same. Those are hard to say. That's not good branding. <laughs> but, and if you have just questions, I'm Bruce at Printavo.com. I'm always like on email and more than willing to help. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Well, hey guys, I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, We definitely want you to check out our bonus content where Bruce is going to stick around to answer one last question about beginning your partnership with a new virtual assistant. To hear that clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to our bonus content. Or you can always visit onenextsteppodcast.com where you can find a link in our show notes. Wow, that was an awesome conversation between LZ and Bruce. I'm so grateful for that. I feel like there were some incredible insights about how to scale a business. And I think those things, whether you're in a print business or any business, really apply to anything. And I also personally love to hear anytime uh, someone has an incredible experience with the Belay Virtual Assistant, it really helped their lives 
be better and help them accomplish more. Uh, I just, I love hearing those stories so much. Today, we've got an easy one next step for you to take, and it's simply subscribing to Printavo's podcast, Print Hustlers. And I hope they have incredible merch because that'd be like a really cool sticker. But uh, Print Hustlers can be found anywhere where podcasts are found, just like this one, which is awesome. So to learn more about how Bruce's team is helping innovate in their industry, make sure to go download Print Hustlers on your favorite podcast player. And while you're there, if for some reason you're not subscribed to Belay, go ahead and subscribe to Belay's podcast, One Next Step. You can find that anywhere podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that. And while you're there, maybe leave a review. I love nothing more. And if you're ready to start accomplishing more and juggling less, go to belaysolutions.com. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com. Thanks.